0: Hola, this is Raquel, and you're listening to the Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Hi, everyone. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. It's Sunday, December 3rd, and it's time for the Word of God. I also want to welcome you to part two of our Advent Sermon Series, God With Us. I have much to share with you today, but before I get there, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we celebrate you and worship you today. Lord, thank you for the chance we have to learn from your word. Open our hearts and minds to receive it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. In 2012, the Muppets and recording artist CeeLo Green co-performed a Christmas song called All I Need Is Love, complete with a music video. Now, how many of you are Muppets fans out there? I've included a link to that video in the description today, so I'd encourage you to maybe pause this right now and go listen to that song because it's gonna really set up for you the rest of what we're talking about today. And you'll find it's really cool because it's a super fun time with all the Muppet characters showing up. Now, in the song, CeeLo and the crew were singing about all the Christmas presents they could get. Perhaps even ironically, at its core, the song captures the true message of Christmas. The Muppets and CeeLo didn't want all that stuff. All they wanted or needed for Christmas was love. Well, maybe all of them but Miss Piggy anyway. She's always been quite a material pig, you know. I'm quite sure the Muppets never set out to make any grand theological statements with their Christmas song, but the song really does tap into the truth that all we really need is love. Today is the second Sunday in our Advent journey, And we're going to talk about God's promise of love. Now, since we've already talked about that love song regarding the video that I'm hoping you just watched, let's talk now about a true love story. It seems that throughout our entire history, we humans have been inspired, moved, confused, intrigued, and motivated by love. And by trying to understand it all, maybe it says something about us. Maybe that's a reflection of our origins, our creator, and our deepest longings. God's love is woven through our very creation, existence, and being. But have you ever thought of the story of Mary and Joseph as a love story? I mean, sure, you know the Christmas story. You've probably heard it many, many times before. But think about it. Mary and Joseph, a love story? Really? Absolutely. Imagine with me for a moment. Place yourself back in the ancient, dusty days of Israel under the control of a Roman empire. In a small village called Nazareth lives a carpenter named Joseph. He was of noble ancestry. He's distantly related to King David himself, but he lives a humble life working with his hands as a tradesman. He probably learned to build things from his father, who most likely was a carpenter before him. Some scholars think Joseph grew up in Bethlehem, but at some point he moved to Nazareth, about 70 miles north. Maybe this was so he could build his own carpentry business. Maybe he had relatives there. Maybe the town needed a new good carpenter. We don't know for sure, but we can speculate that Joseph had probably been working long enough to establish himself as an honorable and fairly successful craftsman. That would have made him an eligible bachelor, probably around 20 years old, who was ready to marry and establish his own family. The younger girls of the village, or more likely their fathers, would have noticed. You have to remember that the Jewish marriage customs of the day were really different from ours. They followed clearly defined legal guidelines and it took place in three stages, the contract, the consummation, And the celebration first mary's father would have gone to joseph to propose and arrange the marriage a cash price like a dowry would be set that joseph would pay to mary's family maybe along with some gifts and a contract called a ketubah would be signed and at that point joseph and mary were married 100 percent he was her husband she was his wife then the couple would get to know each other more like the dating stage we're used to minus the dinner in a movie outings Mary would still live with her family, and at some point in the future, maybe a year, maybe years, depending on the bride's age or other factors, Joseph would lead a procession of his friends to Mary's house, where she would be waiting with a group of her friends. Then, while everyone waited in the house, the couple would consummate their marriage. This stage two of the marriage is called the kupa. And then the final stage of the process is where everyone would go together and celebrate with a marriage feast. A very different form of what we're used to, isn't it? and it probably sounds quite awkward to most of us today. Y'all are probably thinking, how unromantic? Well, maybe it was, but not so fast. Just because the culture and traditions of those ancient days look different doesn't mean that there wasn't a deep love flowing between this historic couple and possibly even romance. Use your imaginations with me. The Bible doesn't fill in all the details, but maybe Mary and Joseph's story went a little like this. Mary was certainly younger than Joseph, Tradition suggests she was probably a younger teenager, a marriageable age in that day, and the options and opportunities of her life's paths would have depended greatly on her marriage and family life. So she would have known who Joseph was, still fairly young, rugged, and strong. Certainly his forearms would be chiseled and his hands rough for sure. From the little bits we're told about him in the Bible, he must have been an even keeled, confident, and kind man. Mary might have hinted to her father, Father, do you know Joseph the carpenter? Mary's mother could have suggested to her husband, that Joseph is a good man, kind, and honorable. He would make a good husband for our Mary. For his part, Joseph would have known the young girls of the village. Their fathers were his customers. He would have built furniture for their homes. He would have crafted yokes, plows, and shovels for their farms or wheels for their carts. He listened as they talked about their families. He knew who was kind and fair in business, family, and social life and maybe, just maybe, there were several local girls or families with an eye on Joseph as marriage material. Human hearts and emotions have been the same throughout history, no matter how formal or different the social values and relational customs. Joseph might have said to a friend, have you seen Mary? Her eyes sparkle like the sun on the Sea of Galilee. Mary could have said to a sister, I saw Joseph laughing with the little children watching outside his workshop. The sound of his voice was musical and eventually this young couple was married, bound to each other for life, with their hearts stirring and their future uncertain. Like the rest of us, they could have no way of knowing what they would truly face together in the journey of husband and wife, but excitement must have filled them as the formalities were signed and nervousness set in. What are we getting into, and who exactly is this person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? Joseph probably carved small wooden gifts for his new bride, maybe a flower to reflect her beauty, or a bird because its grace reminds me of you. Or perhaps a small box with a valuable metal clasp where she could store small treasures and things near to her heart. Mary might have liked to watch Joseph work, shaping and creating in his workshop, where they could talk and laugh and share moments together. She might have baked and brought him special breads and cakes that she knew were his favorites. And he certainly would have joined Mary's family for meals and celebrations and religious festivals, sharing life with them and all of its daily twists and turns. And with each day that passed this young couple learned more and more about each other what made each other laugh how they handled challenges and hard days the strengths of their personalities that shone and the imperfections where they failed they would have learned about each other's hopes and fears and dreams for the future how many children they hoped to have one day what kind of home joseph could build for his wife and family how they longed for the day when the time was right to consummate their marriage Each day that passed, Mary and Joseph chose love and that love continued to deepen and grow. So imagine the emotional bombshell that went off when Joseph heard the news. How could you, Mary? How could you do this to me, to us? I thought you loved me like I love you. We were doing this the right way, honoring God and our families and each other. And now, now this? If you've ever experienced the betrayal of adultery or been close to someone who has, you know the devastation of that betrayal. The pain is deeply rooted. The wound feels physical, like your chest is literally being blown wide open. This was the broken trust that Joseph would have felt when Mary came and told him the news. Joseph, I know this sounds crazy, but an angel visited me and told me I'm going to have a baby. And the angel said his name will be Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. He's the Messiah, Joseph. You have to believe me. It's a miracle. And it's true because. because I'm pregnant. Maybe he tried to listen to those first words, an angel, a miracle, the Messiah, but all he must have felt was the weight of the word, pregnant. Now, everybody knows there's only one way to get pregnant, and Joseph knew he had not been involved. Everyone would have known he had not been involved unless he dishonored Mary and her family and all he held to be true. And if he had, then the two would be a disgrace to all their society. This was all too much for Joseph. Maybe he walked away in silence, broken and speechless. Maybe he shouted and stormed out, sending Mary away in tears. Things did not go smoothly. And maybe this was part of why Mary went to spend three months with her aunt Elizabeth away from her own village in the hill country of Judea. It would buy time for Mary's family to figure out what to do. How would people ever believe this story for Mary? Could they ever believe it? Maybe it would give Joseph time to accept it. So the lovers parted, the pain and anger and distrust swirling in and around them, and young Mary was clinging desperately to the encouraging words of an angel and knowledge deep in her soul for whatever reason, no matter how incredulous it sounded, how miraculous it was, God's very son had sprung to life within her. Somehow, God would make a way. Isn't that just the kind of crisis that threatens to destroy any good love story? Now, the exact circumstances are different from what you or I will ever face, but the feelings and emotions and relational challenges are no different at their core. Mary and Joseph's is a true human love story, but it's also a supernatural love story that involves you and me and every human who's ever walked or will walk this earth. Let's dig deeper into this point and look at how it affects you and me and how we can experience this supernatural love of God with us through the Advent season and beyond. The Apostle John said it best and simply, God is love. He wrote in 1 John 4:16. 16, We know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. This is the nature of our God, love in its purest form. Love was there at the center of God's creative forces that made the universe and formed people in his image to be in relationship with him. Love was even there when the world fell into sin and rebellion, and despite the catastrophic consequences of humanity's fall, Love was there in shepherding Adam and Eve and their family into this altered world. Even then, love was making a way to restore all that had been lost. Love forged a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Love continually led the Israelites through relocation and resettlement, through triumph and imprisonment and exile. As we trace throughout the Old Testament, love guided and corrected and exhorted and showed mercy to the ever-disobedient and easily distracted Israelites. In Mary and Joseph's story, love was taking the form of humanity in the Messiah Jesus. Love is God with us, and love would be with Mary and Joseph to care for them and provide everything they need. The test of a good love story is this. Is love enough? Is this love strong enough or deep enough or true enough to handle X, Y, or Z from the trivial and annoying to the catastrophic and potentially crushing? Yes, my friends, love is enough. God is enough and his love is faithful Mary's journey to her cousin Elizabeth's house couldn't have been easy the walk would have been long and hot the road must have been lonely and the miles must have echoed in her brain and with the recent conversations the pain and hurt in Joseph's eyes and words the disbelief and confusion from her family and always the hope and promise delivered by the angel she knew the truth but how would everyone else see it what was going to happen to her But as soon as Mary arrived, she was greeted with love. Luke chapter 1, verses 42 to 45 say, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Can you imagine the relief? Immediately, Elizabeth, who was carrying her own miracle child, knew and confirmed to Mary that love was here, that God was here, and that everything was going to be all right. Mary's response was overwhelming. She said, maybe even sang in verses 46 to 48, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. In the midst of Mary's human crisis, God provided just the love she needed through another person who understood and supported her. That's often the way God's love works. As we walk in his love, he knows just what we need and he brings us support from other people around us. On the flip side, he often uses us to provide that love and support for others. In Joseph's case, his needs were a little different. Back in Nazareth, in his pain and confusion, Joseph decided he was going to divorce Mary. The pain was just too much. He couldn't believe this was happening. And while legally he could have taken Mary to the courts and had her tried and potentially stoned to death, he still loved her. He couldn't do that. But he couldn't handle this breach of trust. And the law allowed him to divorce her quietly and to try not to make a public disgrace of her. And that's when, in this supernatural love story, God gave Joseph some supernatural love. So Joseph also got a visit from an angel with this message in Matthew 1, verses 20 and 21. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And notice how God knew exactly what was at the heart of Joseph's hurt. It was fear. And God gave Joseph the reassurance he needed to trust Mary and her love and ultimately to trust God and his love to make a way in their amazing, unbelievable, dangerous, supernatural, and ultimately triumphant love story that was looking nothing like either one of them could have ever imagined. Joseph chose love and trust, even though the law told him he could do otherwise. It's a beautiful reflection of God's own choice to love and foster relationship with us. Even though our sin means death and separation from the holy, perfect God, in His nature of pure love, He chose us, even at the terrible price of His Son's life. John 3.16 tells us that it was because of love that God sent Jesus to earth to give His life for us. The love of God with us is God's perfect love in human form that we celebrate. And this is the love that knows exactly what we need, no matter what we're facing in this season, Whether it's support from or restoration to another person or an encounter with God of the miraculous that you need, God's love is with us. It's here for you, and it's making a way to accomplish God's work in your life. As mind-blowing as it is, God's love is eternal. It's as never-ending as God himself. It was, it is now, it will always be. And he will never stop demonstrating his love in tangible ways that are both daily occurrences and history-changing events like Christ's birth. Eventually, all things we know will come to an end, the good, the bad, and life itself. But as Andrew Peterson wrote in his song, After the Last Tear Falls, and in the end, the end is oceans and oceans of love and love again. Then we'll find that all of our tears have been caught in the hand of the giver of love. This is the love that God with us lived out before us, and he will hold us forever and ever and ever, just as the hopeful words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 8:38 and 39 remind us. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen, and thank you, God. Like any true God-written love story, Mary and Joseph's love didn't end with themselves. It was built upon the foundation of God's perfect supernatural love, They trusted God, and when they opened their hearts to God's love, he allowed it to flow right through them as a small current in an overwhelming ocean. And it's true for us as well. Mary and Joseph were in it together, the long journey to Bethlehem, the seemingly desperate night with Mary about to give birth and no place to even rest. The birth, the first cry of the Messiah held in their arms in a stable. And then the joy of others, the shepherds, the exotic wise men, Simeon and Anna, the prophets in the temple who recognized their savior in this tiny baby, the angelic visits and warnings to flee to another country to protect their child and then to return. Oh, the inside knowledge Mary and Joseph shared, the conversations they must have had and the questions they must have discussed. Why us must have been at the top of their list. But from the beginning, they recognized that Jesus, their son, was much more. His life existed for us all. He was God with us. His love was offered to the world. And with this knowledge, they chose to live with open hands, trusting in and living out the miraculous love that had been given to them. In this Advent season, we have the opportunity to reflect on how we can do the same. Jesus taught in John 13, 34 and 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The ability to do this, beloved, begins as we open ourselves to God's love. It then grows and overflows as we extend kindness and care and support to others around us. Sometimes it takes a small step. Sometimes it requires a bigger leap. But through it all, we can trust and know that it is love that holds us because God is with us. Love is with us. It's an eternal, vast, and powerful love, yet at the same time, a gentle, tender, and personal love. And it is a love that will make a way no matter what we're facing in this season or in the days ahead. Beloved, let me close this message today with these words again from the Apostle Paul, this time in his letter to the Ephesian church, Ephesians three seventeen through 19. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And all God's people said, Amen. Beloved, the promise of love is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are deeply loved. And if no one's told you today, then let me be the first to tell you, I love you as my brother and sister in Christ. And I pray that God will fill you as he did Mary and Joseph and many, many tens of thousands and millions throughout Scripture and even today that are finding that love. I pray that these words will sink in, soak in, and the roots of your spirit will connect to them and you'll be reassured, as Paul said, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Once again, to him be all the honor and glory and majesty. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.